Hey everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So I'm so excited to be back with you all today. I took last week off from the podcast and from work to recharge at the beach, but I'm back and I'm back on schedule this week. Um, And you're listening to a new episode of the Queen of Calm podcast. So as for industry insights this week, we of course have to talk about the LimeWire campaign that is blowing up online. And if you're not familiar, back in the early 2000s, LimeWire was a file sharing service that a lot of teens used to share music, sometimes illegally. And because of that, it got shut down. And a lot of people have fond memories with this. You know, that's how they burned their CDs and made playlists and all of that. So now to have it come back, they're coming back not as a file sharing service, but as an NFT provider. So LimeWire, to announce this, created a commercial that starts out with this boy and girl and they can't wait to get home to download Crank That by Soldier Boy on LimeWire. Then it cuts to 15 years in the future, aka today, and they cannot wait to buy the LimeWire NFT. So I just think this is so amazing, this campaign, because you know it shows that nostalgia factor that we talk about all the time. It has the virality that we talk about all the time. People were immediately starting the conversation on social media, sharing memories of using LimeWire when they were in high school in the early 2000s. And then, you know, people were also, you know, sharing the ad and sharing the innovation of the brand. So the brand was able to make, you know, these connections with audiences new and, you know, returning as well. And, you know, it also, you know, shows how much our, you know, pop culture has changed. You know, everyone knows about an NFT. So many brands are getting into it. And back, you know, in the early 2000s, something similar that people were kind of like unfamiliar with, but a lot of people used were, you know, these LimeWire sites of downloading music and all that you know, supposedly, (laughs) wink, wink. But I just think it's such a brilliant campaign. So hats off to the LimeWire team. But as for today's episode, I'm so excited for you to hear from my guest because she is such an inspiration. She'll share her journey to starting her own business, which focuses on fintech PR, marketing, and event planning. And speaking of event planning, we'll talk about, you know, what it was like when the pandemic broke out and how to, you know, how she kept those events going to now, you know, practically post-pandemic, almost, hopefully, you know, keeping this new format going, how to keep people engaged, and also about her, you know, experiences working in fintech PR, as well as the tech industry in general, her advice for the next generation, and much, much more. But before we jump into the interview, just a few reminders from me. If you're not already following us on social media, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. Then if you're loving the Queen of Calm podcast and you want to let us know how you feel, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And if you're not sure how to do this, I recently uploaded a reel onto our Instagram showing you just how to do this. So head to our Instagram and watch our most recent reel. And finally, if you want to be on the Queen of Calm podcast, you can leave us a voicemail. So to do this, head to the link in our Instagram bio and click leave us a voicemail. Or you can head to anchor.fm slash queenofcompodcast slash message and you can leave us a question for me or my guests, a topic that you want to talk about on the show, a campaign that you really loved, or if you just want to suggest something for a future episode, or if you just want to tell us how we're doing, head to both of those places if you want to leave us a voicemail and you could be on the Queen of Com podcast. But without further ado, stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. My next guest is the CEO and founder of Vansery, a Brooklyn-based PR agency specializing in fintech PR. Please welcome Leong Zhao to the podcast. Welcome, Leong. So excited to have you on the show today. 
Hi, Paisley. It's really great to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. So why don't we get started with how you first got started in communications? Yeah, that sounds great. So um, to be honest, I kind of fell into communications. Uh, my family members, my parents specifically are acupuncturists. And so, you know, we never talked about current events. We never really talked about the news or anything related, honestly, going to high school and a lot of college didn't really know that PR existed. Um, and as I learned about communications and marketing in school, I just saw exactly how important it was and how, you know, it's, uh, it can make or break personas as well as brands. And so I just really love that aspect of it. Um, and so in school, I went to Tulane uh, and got my bachelor's degree across marketing, which is a business school curriculum, and then also communications, which is a liberal arts uh, program. And so between the two, I got a really nice holistic view of what communications can be and how brands as well as individuals have really tapped into it in the past. Um, and so in terms of communications, I spent most of my career in marketing as well as uh, sales roles and kind of fell into it, to be honest, like about five years ago, uh, when one of my work colleagues was starting out her own agency. And she said that, you know, it's not all that different from sales. And so, you know, if you're looking to get into the startup space, which is super exciting and transformative, you know, this is a really great spot to be in. And so I said, you know what, what the heck, let's give it a shot. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, I feel like so many people don't initially intend to get out into PR right from the get-go and then they learn so much about it and then, you know, jump into, you know, our world that we have here. And you touched on this a bit with, you know, touching on both of that business side and that liberal arts side. So can you talk about your time in college and how that influenced you to your career? Sure thing. Good question. Yeah. So both, you know, my parents and I are immigrants in this country. And like I said earlier, we never talked about different career paths. Um, and when I was in college, you know, I had a wonderful marketing professor uh, earlier on that got me really interested into like the story of the brand and how, you know, literally branding, communications and positioning can turn a $5 product into something that's like a thousand dollars. I mean, Apple, Supreme and all of these, it all comes down to marketing. It all comes down to the storytelling aspect of it. And it was just, it helped me realize exactly how powerful it was. Um, and so in terms of how I got into financial services as well as fintech PR, uh, something else that we never really talked about in the dinner table growing up was money. Uh, both my parents, you know, were acupuncturists. We really didn't understand the financial system here in the United States. And I honestly failed. I can't even tell you how many finance classes in college. And honestly, I ended up having a fintech company internship in college, which got me really interested in the space. After a couple of years, I just started to really understand like how impactful and exactly how massive the industry was. Um, and so you know, instead of diving straight into marketing after school, I ended up getting my master's in finance to really do a deep dive in, you know, on the topic to better understand the landscape. Um, and that's honestly how I kind of got into marketing and then also finance in general. Wow, that's awesome. And I think that's such a valuable way that you had with that internship that was in, you know, fintech and then 
getting to, you know, do all this research on the industry, because I feel like I say this a lot, you know, in my own experience working at a PR agency is like, we kind of become many experts in these different industries that we work in through clients, because, you know, we never, you know, intend to just work with, you know, one different industry. We're always bopping in and out of all these different industries and, you know, talking with these clients. And I feel like we always have to be on and know what's going on in their industry, what their, those trade publications. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that research factor is so important when you're, you know, starting your job in PR or you're, you know, building your niche in the industry. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you said that. I think that being interested and being able to learn different industries, companies, and really being able to be the spokesperson and the voice of the company and their values and positions is the biggest differentiator between a successful publicist and one that just really doesn't get it. Like, I think it's so important and you completely just hit the nail right on the head that people need to do their research. They need to understand the market. You know, they would need to do their own SWOT analysis of the specific company and really understand exactly how a specific person or the brand actually stand out from the rest in order to really communicate their just amazingness in the world. Yes, definitely. And that competitive research, I think that's one of my favorite parts of like the research like process, because I feel like nowadays it's so easy to, you know, look at these competitors and see where they've been covered. And a lot of these companies are doing amazing things. It's kind of like, you know, who's going to do something next. So I think that's so um, exciting about our industry doing that research. And so talking more about your career journey. So what was that journey like from, you know, post-graduation and getting involved in PR to then starting your own agency? Yeah. (laughs) As you ask, as you asked me this, um, I have a funny story that just brought that um, just came to mind. So um, when I graduated college, and that was after, you know, having three different jobs every single year of school, I was an RA at the time, I worked on weekends, uh, actually dishing out food during like football games. Um, and then I also was an intern during the week at my, the fit said, you know, fintech company. Um, and when I graduated, you know, I had a d- lot of different options, but really the only full-time position that I got early on was, um, marketing at a dump truck manufacturing <laughs> company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember doing my last in-person interview in Tuscaloosa. It was like a three hour drive from New Orleans. Right. And I got there, you know, at 11 a.m., about 30 minutes early. And I, you know, got there wearing my black suit and my orange (laughs) stilettos. And uh, they took me on a plant tour and Paisley, it was amazing. But like at (laughs) one point I was about 50 feet behind the gentlemen's that were walking me around my heels kept getting stuck in the grates that were actually on the garage floor oh wow (laughs) Uh, but so after that you know I had a wonderful experience the people were so nice but it just it helped me realize that this isn't necessarily the what I wanted in life. And so that's what spurred me to get my master's in finance afterwards. So I love that experience. And, you know, I'm very thankful to have had that job offer because it made me realize exactly what I wanted to do in the long term. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up that point as well in that story because that is so important 
um, you know, with the college students who are trying to figure out as they graduate, you know, what should they be doing? Because I think so many times these college students who are graduating feel like I have to have it all figured out as soon as I graduate, like the job I'm going to have forever. But really, like you were talking about, you know, it's good to figure out what you want by, you know, just jumping into a job and, you know, doing hands on in our industry, because I think that's one of the biggest parts of our job is, you know, learning by experience instead of, you know, taking some time to figure out what we really want. And then like taking a job that we're like, oh, we're not too happy with this, but this is what I chose. And like, I have to stick with it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And um, I think that's such a good story to tell as well of, you know, never turning down any, um, you know, experiences that come your way, because like we we're talking about before that, like mini expert aspect, I'm sure you learned so much about the dump truck industry and you're able to, you know, bring those research skills and, um, you know, different knowledge to like your next positions and to the agency. Exactly. Um, and so, after that summer and the job opportunities I got, I ended up deciding to pursue finance. So got my master's in finance, continued doing a part-time marketing associate role with the fintech that I was with. And then afterwards, I really wanted to get to New York. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I took the first job that I was offered, which is actually in communications, but different type. This is something that people don't necessarily think about as a part of communication, but I actually think it's a really important aspect of it, but um, commu uh, linguistics as well as translation work. So my first job was an account manager at a company called Transperfect. And so they're one of the largest privately held translation companies in the entire world. And I worked with pharmaceutical companies and, um, those type of like med tech, you know, pharma companies that we now all see in the news. Um, I help them, you know, translate different uh, clinical trial, patent work, websites, product brochures, just like directions, like very nitty gritty work. Um, and it was such an interesting perspective into just that area of health and how like globally everything is so connected. Um, and um, from there, I really wanted to get into finance after, you know, my internship as well as my degree in it. So I got a um, relationship management role at Moody's Analytics. So there I did sales, relationship management, worked with some of the largest like financial services companies here in the East Coast. So, you know, pretty much all the way from New York, all the way up to Boston, uh, which there's a bunch of them. Um, and so I got to work with them on credit as well as uh, fixed income uh, research, data, modeling, and everything like that. So similar to what we do in communications, which is like get, you know, a very quick and deep understanding and become subject matter experts in it. Like I had to do that in sales as well um, and really be able to talk to chief investment officers, risk officers, as well as economic professionals too. And as you can imagine, that was like a, quite a feat to be able to get on their level, but it was a phenomenal experience. Um, and it really Really taught me exactly how important it is uh, to be able to effectively communicate and that, you know, you only have maybe five minutes to really make an impact with somebody and you have to make it count. And then from there, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I had then a colleague who was starting out her own agency. And so I took the leap uh, and uh, did agency life for about a couple of years. And in terms of how I got to found Vansery, um, honestly, uh, I did agency life for about a couple of years and kind of got a little bit burned out. That's honestly the truth of it. 
it's so fast paced. And, you know, we were a five person team by coastal. And at the time there was just so much to do. And by the time that I had, you know, given in my resignation, I was just like so tired and like, it was just so much work. And I kind of took a look at my life and made the decision that I just really needed to take a minute take a breath and really reassess the priorities in my life and figure out exactly where I wanted to be and whether or not I was on the path or not. Um, So I took a few months off. I went home to New Mexico to see my family, Um, you know, just pretty much slept, eat, you know, kind of took care of myself, (laughs) which (laughs) was something that I really wasn't doing um, as effectively as I wanted to. And um, afterwards, I decided that, you know, there were aspects of marketing and communications that I really loved. And so I started freelancing, doing event work, as well as thought leadership for a few months. You know, I, my husband and I prioritized traveling the world. Like we went to Peru, uh, Spain, um, London, uh, Italy, like Amsterdam, like we did so much traveling during that time. And it was phenomenal. But then, you know, COVID hit. Um, but yeah, so in terms of how I, how and why I started Vansory, um, once the pandemic started, you know, it was very quick to see exactly just the amount of Asian hate, honestly, that really existed. And with Trump as our uh, president, you know, there was just so much of like the comb flu, it's like the China virus and everything like that. And it just, it started, like I just started thinking about how like within the communication space, the people that I was working with, my past experience, um, it just painted, it had like, it gave like a different, I would say lens color to like my experiences in communications as well as in sales as being a woman of color. And so that's when I really just started to like really think through my experience and everything that I had seen and everything that I was seeing in the current environment and just how like unfair and just how much lack of representation there was for women as well as like people of color within the communication space, as well as those, the experts, you know, that like appeared on Bloomberg, CNN and CNBC and, and everything like that. So right around June of 2020, I decided that I wanted to, you know, get back into the media relations aspect of things and really make it my mission to start amplifying diverse voices. So that's kind of what, got me started and what really inspired me to build and create Vansory. Well, that is such an amazing experience. And you brought up so many amazing points in that. And so I want to start with how you had that experience of, you know, translating those different, um, you know, pharmaceutical documents, because I think that's something important to bring up in communication. So I'm so glad that you brought up that experience, because I feel like the big like buzzwords for this whole season on my podcast is being targeted and intentional and, you know, having that purpose behind everything. And so I think that goes into our messaging as communications professionals of like you were talking about, you know, being able to translate things to make them effective in different audiences. And so I think that's such important work that you're doing now with your agency and, you know, reaching those diverse voices. And so thank you so much for the work you're doing. That's so amazing. And so, um, you know, going off of that, so, um, what is your advice for college students who you know are on this journey now post well 
college students who are about to graduate, who are heading onto this journey, you know, post-graduation and trying to find their way and trying to find their, you know, purpose in the industry? Ooh, finding purpose in your industry. It took me a long time to find my purpose. A long time. Like, I felt like it was so many years that, you know, I was just kind of going through it. I was trying to get my, to my next promotion. I was just trying to get recognized. And uh, when I had that type of mentality, like I felt like looking back, I really didn't have a good perspective as to what mattered and what didn't. It was like, you know, the different like office bureaucratic conversations, the politicking that happened, like it all felt like such a big deal. Right. But like, once I figured out what my mission was going to be, it was like, I can now be tunnel vision. Right. And it's like, I don't have to think about anything like that. And so it's like, if I had like one bad conversation with a coworker or whatever, it really didn't matter anymore because like at the end of the day, I have a mission, I have a goal. And as long, as long as I stick to it and that we're respectful and we are collaborative as a team, like nothing, it really didn't matter anymore. Um, and so in terms of finding one's own mission, you know, I think it's a matter of figuring out like what are your values and what really matter to you. And once you decide what those, you know, values are, it's like, think about like, how does that translate into your own work? job uh, into your own schoolwork, but also like in the future, you know, how does that get translated into your own work? Like, is it a matter of company mission? Uh, is it what type, the type of clients that they work with? Is it like the specific solution that your company is able to provide? And is, does that equal, does that, is that, is that like the mission that also aligns with you? And if it doesn't, you know, I think that that's like a really easy way to have it all be aligned. But if that's not the case, then you kind of have to sit back, which nowadays, you know, we take jobs for many reasons. And there are very few of us who've had the chance to really take a job because the company itself, you know, was in line with our missions. But when that's not the case, you then have to sit back and think about like, what is my own mission? Is it to champion, you know, such as yourself, Paisley, like, is it to champion other communications professionals and really create a community around this? Like that is a hundred percent mission and it's an absolutely beautiful one. Um, or is it, you know, supporting your local community, um, and if that's the case, like, are you able to do it during your off time? Is there a way that you can start your own, I would say, ESG group within your company and be able to contribute to it? And so it just it's a matter of like trying to figure out what it is and finding a way that's natural and also um, to your current abilities to actually work towards it. Yes, I, I totally agree with what you just shared. And that's so um, funny that you mentioned all of that, because this morning I was actually talking with a group from my college. I went to I went to Marist College, as you can see in the back here. Um, and so the, our PRSSA chapter was having kind of like this career boot camp. And so um, some of the students were asking about like, you know, how can I really find my place in a PR agency? And so I was talking about how you should have that internal checklist, you know, set a deadline after a year, like, am I reaching these different goals? So I'm glad that you brought up, you know, reaching those benchmarks as well. And I think that's so important because 
I was talking about this too, about how, you know, when you graduate college and you're just so like enthusiastic to get your first job and get in the industry and start working, you kind of lose sight of like those, you know, things like you hear about salary for the first time and benefits and you're kind of blindsided by all of that to really see, you know, is this the right fit for me? Is this reaching my purpose as we were just talking about? So I think that's such valuable tips you just shared on that. And also, you know, on more on the vein of young professionals who are maybe more starting out, you know, what do you think that every young professional should know before joining the PR industry? Before I answer that question, I would actually love to go back to what you were just talking about in terms of the industry, as well as individuals getting jobs in it. Um, I think that a lot of PR professionals, especially those earlier in their careers, I actually think that y'all are very underpaid. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that being a communicator is so, it's such a big job, honestly. It's like, you're the voice of these companies. You are literally in touch with like change makers, like company makers, you know, like that's what the media does. That's what their like power is. And like, There's a huge, immense amount of power that PR and communication professionals hold. And I think that really gets undersold at school, in school curriculums. And the other thing that really gets overlooked is like an actual understanding and explanation around the different types of communication firms there are, you can go in house, you know, there, here's different aspects of PR. Uh, is it public policy work? Is it individual? Is it business? Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Like every single aspect of this is different, you know? And like when it comes to the different sectors and like how much money there is within it, like it's such a wide range, you know? And I think that in school, I think that professor, professors have an obligation to help you guys understand the different types of PR and how the industries really affect your jobs, but also like what are, like, how do you like get paid doing what you guys do? Because it's a big job. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that you brought that up as well, because I feel like too, like, I think I always say this too, that like PR needs its own publicist sometimes. Like there needs to be, there needs to be someone out there talking about it because so many people that I talk to, I always ask, you know, how how does everyone get started out in communications? And at the beginning of every episode, I feel like everyone's like, I didn't know what PR was until college or I didn't know what PR was until after. And I feel like, you know, you never hear of any high school kids saying like, oh, I want to, you know, go into PR. I want to go into communications or, you know, any of that. So I think we need a new, a new person on, on that track for PR. hundred (laughs) percent. And also like from a young professional's perspective too, like something I, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm losing the word, but <laughs> a, a stereotype that I try to break on the podcast is like that an entry level position is like that you don't know anything because I feel like nowadays, you know, maybe it's different from the past, like so many young professionals that are joining the industry now, you know, we have more access to digital resources, you know, we're really good at social media because of the pandemic, we've had so many more chances for internships all around the country, around the world sometimes, and we bring so much more to the table than ever before as a generation. So I feel like, you know, entry level nowadays is not truly entry level because we have all these unique experiences and we have this knowledge, like you were talking about, you know, having the finger on the pulse of everything. We're able to bring that to more senior leaders and help them and how they're trying to reach new audiences. I love that you just said that. Okay. So in terms of my advice, you know, like you literally mentioned like one or 
like pretty much all of them. So <laughs> I think that in like while you're at school, definitely, you know, intern at an agency if you can, um, even if it's like a summer, just so that way you can kind of understand like the dynamic, how people work. I think one of the things that you don't learn is just like the dynamic, the different structures and the levels of individuals and exactly like what entry level people are meant to do. And so when you get into an internship, like you're probably going to be doing horrible, unfun things, not fun <laughs> things like putting together media lists, honestly, or like putting together like social media posts, right? Um, it's not going to be that glamorous. It's not going to be that fun. Um, but like, it's so important though, because like, it just gives you that insight into how things are structured really. And like exactly what your day-to-day life might be like. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, but also I think another advice I have for college students trying studying communications would be just to write, like just write as much as possible because in our line of work, there is so much writing and there's so much communication that happens that like, it's a skill that you will need to attain and nurture. Um, and what would also be amazing is to like build your own brand, you know, like here, like what you are doing here, you know, with this podcast is like, you're, you're building a brand here. You are becoming a voice of the communications community. And that's amazing. And I think exactly to your point about how there's been so much technology um, and how digital our communications work now is, it's just take advantage of it. Like pick a, pick a channel, pick a outlet and just really run with it, you know, like become like the TikTok uh, specialist or like, pick a random topic that's, you know, really niche and just like build a brand around it and just like see what you can do. I mean, you know, I'm constantly hiring for social media specialists, freelancers, and like, there's so many marketing communications professionals who literally will work part-time for agencies now. And then from there, like they got their own other thing going, you know, it's like, I've had previous freelancers who worked on like, uh, communications, media relations work for me, but on the side, you know, she was studying to be, to, to do like UI UX design. Um, that's an aspect of communications, you know, visual communication. And it's like beautiful. Um, I've also had people who literally just became a digital nomad who after a couple years of doing social media, they just got so freaking good at it that they're just like, I never need to be in an agency. Like, why would I need to do that? Like I make six figures, like literally doing social media and I get to travel the world. Like who wouldn't want that job? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so important to have that personal brand. And I think that comes through in, you know, subtle ways or big ways, like starting a different project, like my podcast or something like that. You know, LinkedIn is such a great tool for that as well. I mean, um, I did another episode of the podcast and she was a, um, a vice president of talent acquisition at an agency. And she was talking about, I asked her, you know, as a recruiter, you know, what do you, what do you look for when you're clicking on profiles or, you know, when you're trying to find someone, she's like, really that personal brand and, you know, sharing industry articles or like, asking questions to different professionals and having that, you know, kind of back and forth conversation and really building yourself up as a thought leader. So I I loved your advice you just shared. And um, I do think it's so important to have that personal brand and, you know, really bring different aspects to your work because it just makes it such a collaborative, um, you know, atmosphere for everyone. 100%. 
So I also wanted to ask you, so, you know, we've talked about how the PR industry is so fast paced and things are changing all the time. Like we're just talking about with like the, um, you know, the digital aspects being added so much more. So what trends do you see on the horizon for the remainder of 2022? Oh, we're in an interesting environment right now. I mean, over the past two years, everything has gone digital companies, like the number of companies that are being founded has just absolutely exploded. Like digital communications is, has like become like number one key to, you know, having any sort of space, having any sort of space in the conversation. Um, And what I'm seeing within the media is that they, over the past few years have really shifted away from, I would say like, of course they do breaking news, but like, less so branded stuff, but a lot of SEO content, like a lot of media outlets now, you know, they use their own like SEO engines, trying to understand exactly what people are talking about, just to drive more and more traffic to their site. And that's something that I think we will continue to see. Um, Something else that I think within the industry is changing is instead of relying on reporters, like more and more outlets, they're wanting to like have their own contributed content. They want more influencers and individuals writing, contributing, and just being like starting conversations that way. Um, And so I think it's a really amazing opportunity for communication specialists to really write and to increase the amount of content that they're helping their clients produce and helping them get those placed. And of course, you know, social media and how fast things are changing. um, That's another aspect where you know, it would be really important uh, for us to put a, I guess, flag in the ground, uh, <laughs> take up space. In. Um, and then something else. Um, so I do blockchain as well as crypto PR. Um, and something else that I'm seeing for the rest of the year that I think we'll start to, that we'll, we'll start talking more about is like public relations or like communications uh, within the metaverse. Like there are a number of companies who now have started to actually like build up their own office spaces in the metaverse, which is so cool. Um, <laughs> and then just like the number of NFTs that have dropped and just the different projects that have launched and how big this community is, like there's a growing trend Trend around PR and communications, and the if you we, if you someone can become like a specialist in doing like metaverse PR or like NFT PR, like I'm telling you, like in the next five years, like this is going to be a huge space. Wow, yeah, I've been watching like all those different crypto things. I work with a client who was like slightly in the crypto space, but like not 100. percent And I'm still trying to understand everything because I want to keep <laughs> up with all the news that's going on. Um, and I see like you know how they changed the Staples Center to Crypto.com. I feel like it's like this huge <laughs> phenomenon. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm also glad that you mentioned you know that change in media relations because it's just been so interesting. Because I graduated last year in 2021. So like to start out in college in like 2017 and kind of be still hearing about those traditional media relations factors and then kind of building up to graduation and going through the pandemic and everything. I feel like the conversation shifted in the classroom and especially now, you know, working in the industry, I've seen so much of like reporters, you send them a pitch and all of a sudden we're not at this, um, you know, media outlet anymore. We're starting our own and we're going freelance or, you know, we're working on different beats and 
there are so many different, you know, beats that are not being, you know, just solely on that. A lot of reporters have to, you know, double dip because of, you know, the labor shortages and everything. So it's, I think it's yeah. such an interesting, interesting time to be a publicist in our industry. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, and also, so you touched on, you know, that you're in the fintech space and doing PR. So for any listeners out there who are interested in getting into fintech PR, can you talk a little bit about what PR is like in that industry? Because as we know, it can, it can differ from all these different industries, what you need to know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. So, you know, I think uh, fintech is such a broad terminology for the space. Uh, within fintech, you know, there's blockchain, there's AI and machine learning, there's payments, there's crypto, uh, there's insurance, there's wealth technology, um, like just there are so many subsectors that fall within financial services, technology, PR in general. Um, and I think the industry, ooh, it's a small industry, that's for sure. There's only so many venture capitalists as well as startup companies who's really innovating in this space. Um, it's absolutely grown in the past decade or so. And this is this is global. Um, like this is honestly like the area that I've been in. It's like, I feel as though it's all I know. Um, what is it like? I think honestly, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty transformative because like, uh, my personal story, it, it really goes back to my personal story. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier in the show, like, my family and I, we never talked about money. We didn't really, under, we didn't even know what a 401k was. I didn't know what a 401k was or what a bond was until college. And now I have the opportunity to shape conversations and to really help, you know, Americans like actually learn about it and really be able to take control of their finances even if that means like being able to find deals like through, you know, a platform like Rakuten or like the hottest and newest ability to actually invest in crypto using tax advantage funds. Like I get to share these type of wealth creation tips with the public. And that's what really gets me really excited about it is that like when my family came to the States, we, I mean, like it was probably the biggest risk we've ever taken, you know, like in the past, like 30 years or so in our lives. Um, and like, we had like about, we had less than $2,000, you know, coming to the United States to start our life here. And we pretty much built our lives. My parents built their business. They own property in New Mexico. You know, it's like, we have started to accumulate generational wealth now. And that is really what excites me about being in the financial financial services, as well as like fintech PR, is that I'm able to democratize access and also make it more inclusive to individuals. And so that's honestly what I really love about it. Um, what is it like? There's a lot of jargon. <laughs> There's a lot of financial services languages. You really have to understand a lot of different assets. Um, you know, like for me, working at Moody's and having a really deep understanding of different types of financial assets was a huge help. Uh, that has really propelled me to understand like the different types of financial technology that's being, you know, created. Where what are like 
what are the different asset classes that were historically only accessible by like ultra wealthy individuals or institutions or like pension and endowment funds. And now I'm able to see like where individuals and more like everyday Americans are able to get into it. And that's really what's awesome about it. Yeah, yeah, that that does sound super awesome. And that goes back to, you know, we we're talking about having a purpose. And that is such a noble purpose of, you know, really opening up those lines of communication with everyone to hear about the industry, because I think that's so important in our job as communicators to, you know, talk about all these different topics and share them with all these different audiences and make sure that everyone's, you know, hearing our message. So I love that you mentioned that. Um, and also, so you, we touched on earlier about the event planning aspect. So I wanted to ask you as well, you know, what has that experience been like, you know, since everything's been semi-virtual and virtual, how has it been like balancing, you know, planning events in our new world? Yeah, good question. So during the height of the pandemic, we did a lot of different virtual events. Like we did so many like happy hours, like speed dating type of events for women and individuals in the industry. And it was like so much fun, right? Um, and most recently, we're starting to plan like happy hours and get togethers and private dinners this year uh, for our clients. And so things now feel a lot more normal uh, than they did last year or, you know, 2020. Um, but yeah, like the pandemic 100% changed how people approached uh, events. And, um, you know, they were all virtual in the beginning, if not canceled. And uh, later in the pandemic, as more people got more comfortable showing up in person, more events happened outside. And I think that in the future, what we will see is a hybrid environment where some aspect of an event or conference will happen in person for those who want to attend. However, there will also be a digital component to it too, um, where individuals are able to access the content, um, also like network with individuals, perhaps just even if they were to get like the attendee list virtually. Um, and then from there, you know, they're able to capitalize on the event. Um, and I think that it's honestly like more inclusive this way. So I think that's honestly something uh, that has changed the industry for the better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like now with, you know, that virtual option as well, like through the hybrid or if it's fully virtual, like more people, like they don't have to worry about, you know, the travel time or, you know, finding time to leave work early to go to an event. It's, you know, like you were said, it's more inclusive to everyone. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think events, you know, have become so much more fun. I think this is kind of like one of the silver linings of the pandemic of being able to have these events with people from all around the country, all around the world. They can join through Zoom and you can connect with so many different people. Like, I feel like through the podcast, if I didn't have Zoom or, you know, this opportunity to connect with other people, I feel like I wouldn't have had so many different guests on the show. So I'm so glad for that aspect. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really great to hear. And so I have one final question for you to finish up the episode. And so I asked this in all my episodes because I'm so inspired by Sophia Amoruso and she coined the term girl boss, create an empire. So I love to end the episode with a woman who inspires you. So who is your favorite girl boss? I think my favorite girl boss might be Mackenzie Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've we've had her before. Someone someone else, that's been someone else's girl boss. <laughs> She's just so amazing. Like she has literally given away the most wealth I think of anybody on this earth. Yeah, like, that, that in itself is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's amazing. Using using your wealth for good rather than for being like 
greedy for lack of a better term, but (laughs) exactly. That's just awesome. Also, I do love Sophia too. Just her ability to pivot and just every single brand that she has built, like as a communication and marketing professional, like I bow down to the queen. Like she is amazing. So that's an awesome choice. Yeah. She, she never lets any of her setbacks, you know, end her career. She's always moving forward. I love how you brought up the pivot aspect because that's why I find her so inspiring because even with her new venture, like she's doing that business class thing. Like, I think that's just like a a great next step for her to be like using her different, you know, um, things that she's learned along the way to help others. So that's amazing. And yes, Mackenzie is a girl boss also. And um, so thank you so much, Ling, for being on the show. You're definitely a girl boss yourself. And thank you. thank you for sharing all your different perspectives and your work and you know, in FinTech PR for listeners. I'm sure there's a lot of great tips. And I, I know there's a lot of great tips that everyone got from this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode of the Queen of Calm podcast? Well, head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Do you want to be on the Queen of Calm podcast? Head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash queenofcompodcast slash message to leave us a voicemail that could potentially be used on the show. And finally, if you're not already, follow us on social media at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. Join us next week as we celebrate more women in communications. Thank you.